IBC's Comic Book Workshop, brought to you by Panel by Panel Magazine and our lovely supporters on Patreon. I'm Jason Halftones, a writer who also draws. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can't um, highlight uh, an artist who also writes. <laughs> Kent Highlightman. Highlight man. Uh, <laughs> Highlight man. We're, we're both making comics while still uh, kind of learning how to make comics and apparently talk. After digging through libraries, the internet, and fighting boy bands for their precious knowledge on making comics. <laughs> we thought it might be a good idea to share our notes and hopefully help you make your own comics as well. So what's on the agenda today? Kent, the agenda today, uh, we are, or rather we, you, are talking to a creator who uh, who made his own comics, uh, and still does. Uh, he is the creator of the fantastic, the glorious, the amazing comic, Headlopper. The, uh, uh, what, they, what does it say on the cover? It's like quarterly action adventure comic or something like that, but it's so good. It's so good. incredible. It's it's funny. It's smart. It's it's really well paced. The art is absolutely beautiful. Um, the colors by both Mike Spicer and then Jordi Belair later in the series uh, are are astonishing. Um, and this Andrew McLean is like he is my one uh, one of those people that I put up there really really high in terms of like oh I really really admire how this person does their work and I aspire to be like them. Um, he's great. He's incredible. He's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kent did a great interview here. Um, you'll you'll notice at times it's a little uh, it's a little skippy, a little choppy, uh, just because Andrew was at a, a convention and so he was you know having to kind of go back and talk to people and then come back and talk to us and stuff like that. So, um, but it's it's great. I, I talked to Andrew once before. This was Kent's first time talking to him, um, and he's just a, it's one of my earliest interviews actually. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but he's he's a lovely dude, and like there's so much that you can learn about making comics from Andrew McLean. So, um, I think that. Uh, Y'all will enjoy that, and then uh, once we're done with Andrew, uh, we'll have a little ad break and then uh, talk about some uh, resources and some things to help you uh, on your journey to making comics. Um, but without further ado, Kent, let's, uh, let's hear you talking to Andrew McLean. Uh, yeah, I'm Andrew McLean. Uh, I'm the creator, artist, writer of, uh, of Headlopper and uh, Apocalyptic Girl. And a letterist, a colorist, uh, and designer, and whatever whatever needs to be done, uh, it gets done. You are the the art team and the dream team behind all these titles. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm uh, shy of shy of numbers over here. <laughs> uh, so as a person that wants to create uh, my own comics from start to, from top to bottom as well, uh, you are as insane as I am. So congratulations, but. Uh, Mm, I remember you talking about in another interview that you did uh, a quarterly uh, comic thing. Uh, what brought you to that? Uh, well, we, we self-published for a little while. Uh, the first Headlopper stuff was self-published. And we, when I, because there's no rules when you self-publish, of course. And so I, the first issue that we self-published, I was like, okay, I'm going to write, I'm going to do this like kind of standard 22 page length. And uh, but I had a very a pretty specific like pacing of the story that I wanted to hit, so I just sat down. And I started writing at the pacing, and I stopped when I basically I got to the page count, 
and I was nowhere near in the story that I thought I would be. And so I was like, all right, well, that's that's issue one. And then when we made another issue, uh, I was like, okay, now I'm gonna pick, now I'm gonna pick a place in the story I want to stop, and I'm gonna write it at the pacing that I want to write at, and whatever the page count is, that's the page count. And that was about 45 pages or so, I think. And uh, and I just really liked that. I liked that 45 count uh, uh, page length. And and it was like, yeah, because I got to have some action. I got to have some plot stuff, some character development stuff. Got to have some jokes in there. Got to just, I got to have everything on that page length. And I wasn't I wasn't jumping out of the story, kind of forcing a cliffhanger. Like I like got to leave on a very comfortable note. Uh, that still led into where the story could go. And I just, I saw after that, I was just like, I, I was like, if I could keep making this comic, I liked that, that kind of length. And there's just no way you can do 35, 45 pages in a month. And so when Image was like, do you want to make this with us? I was like, yeah, of course. And I was like, I almost didn't ask them if I could do it. But I was like, if I could do it any way I want, uh, uh, I would do long I would do long issue oversized issues quarterly and then I thought they'd be like McLean that's not that's not how comics work uh no uh, yeah I was really sure they're gonna say no and they in to their credit uh, or his credit Eric Stevenson didn't even think twice like yeah sure if that's how you want to do it so that that is amazing yeah yeah and so I went for it and the other thing that I was hoping at least from self-publishing was that like it's expensive to print something, but the actual uh, page count doesn't seem to affect the actual cost all that much. So, like, what? Yeah, yeah. So, like, we like when we printed like the you know twenty-two page thing, it was like I think it cost us like four dollars a piece to print it, which is a lot. And then when we did like sixty pages or whatever, it was like four dollars and thirty cents. <laughs> yeah, that's so. nothing. Yeah, so in theory, I was like, all right, if we do this quarterly thing, we'll probably have less readers, but just, like, the cost will be lower, so, like, it might balance out. If we have, like, less readers who don't want to pay $6 for an oversized comic over and over again or don't want to wait three months for an issue, you know, overall, we this this project might be able to, to survive, and, it, and uh, it's so far so good, I guess, you know? So... I love it. I love the formatting. I lo- There's so much meat that you're able to like delve into with that format that n- nobody else can. So just by that alone, not counting all the amazing art and story stuff, that brings like a whole new feel to it than most comics. That's what I hoped. Yeah, the other, that was part of it too. Was like I, I thought it would just make a better comic, and I thought like if I if I thought that was the best comic I could make, then I don't know, it would do better if I if I could ma- ma- do my best. My, my best effort, you know? Also, it's like, we're such a, myself included, we're such a kind of trade-waiting binge-type culture. Like, I felt, I hoped, at least, that, like, if it came out in a big chunk once every three months, it would feel like you're actually getting something. Like, you're, like, it'd be worth waiting a little bit. It'd be like, like, but like being like, oh, I get to read, th- I get to watch three episodes at a time rather than just, like, one at a time or something. So, I don't know. I think it uh, it helps a lot potentially with memory retention for people reading the story. They're they're spending more time at it in one single go, so they're gonna maybe remember it a bit longer, even though there's a big gap. Yeah, maybe. I know that was one thing that that I was thinking of. I knew like I was, you know, kind of asking a lot of people to wait three months when they're not used to it. So 
the overall, like at least the skeleton of the plot, I try to keep like a pretty simple thing. So it's like, so it's not overly complicated so that like it's hopefully easier to remember. And I don't know why we didn't think about this on the first arc, but the second arc, we now put uh, just a synopsis at the beginning going forward just so people like, I don't remember what I read three months ago, you know, here's a quick refresher, you know, but... And that's a that's a great idea. Uh, I mean, you do a lot by yourself. That to me is a uh, having done it myself as well. That is a daunting just to to yeah. Uh, what uh, what do you find that you're spending the the most time on in of all your duties? Yeah, I mean, it's drawing by like it's exponentially longer than anything else. It's like I can write an issue even the longer ones in you know if I even if I do some edits and two drafts or something I don't know maybe two or three days I think uh, and I'm ready to go and then after that it's like I'm just at the desk like um, more hours than is healthy you know depending on the deadline or what I've how long I've written the script you know it's often six or seven days a week 10 to 12 hours a day it's like it's can be it can be too much at times and it's just that's just what it takes for the drawing you know i mean because then when we get to like letters and design it's like i don't know could probably usually wrap that up within five days or so so it's just it's just all drawing uh are you including inking or is it just penciling and are you doing this traditionally or digitally it's yeah it's traditional uh yeah and that includes the inks i do because i don't i I don't i feel a little like almost like uneasy when it's when a page is like incomplete so i don't really feel comfortable until it's inked so i don't do like a lot of people will do like a batch or a whole issue of pencils and then they'll do the whole they'll go back and they'll ink the whole issue whatever a, I get bored, and I feel I don't really. I often don't like the page I have until I see it completed. So I'll I'll do pencils to inks, pencils to inks. I just do it. Page is done. Page is done, and I'll pump it out that way. And it's like it, it a, a page. I wish it, I wish they it was a page a day, but it's more like a day and a half usually for a page. And, and it gets you the when you get from pencils to inks, it gets you that buzz. I think a lot faster to be like, oh yeah, finished it, and just feel like that cool buzz to get you energized for the next one yeah and i yeah definitely that like sense of completion is you gotta like try to give yourself a little a little rewards when there's a lot of just just straight out grinding going on you know so i think that goes a long way also like all of the all of the brain work is kind of in the pencils it's like figuring everything out and that can be like mentally tiring so like you get to inks and you, it's like you get to go dancing. You know, you just you just scooting around the page and like having fun, and, and that's where the enjoyment is. But also, my hand gets the most tired from inking. So if I was to ink a whole issue, uh, it would freeze up into a claw. I'm sure. So yeah, there's so many reasons why it's best to, or for me anyways, to to just do pencils, inks, pencils, inks, pencils, inks. I hadn't thought about the the biology angle behind it, but that's that's a big part when you're producing this much, and especially you're the whole team. It becomes a, that, a huge part of it. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. Well, and we've been we've been trying to figure out even like where where's what's the most efficient way to work too. We try to like 
where we're trying to keep an eye on like when is it that I get tired like how many hours or how many days can I work in a row before my pace starts slowing down you know like it's really <laughs> you can really get into the nuts and bolts of it if you want like for the next hour please sure if you want yeah to- yeah totally I mean it, it's you gotta cause it's also like it's a physical thing that you do so you have to be concerned about your health you know like you can really mess up your back you can really mess up your hand and like can't draw anymore so I'm starting to try this thing where it's like draw for three days take a day off draw for three days take a day off instead of like traditional weekends or whatever you know yeah, it's it's a it's, it's a whole different spin on the the work week when you're doing this kind of stuff. I had the same thing happen uh, just this last week that my neck and shoulders seized up because I went like a 16 hour stretch and I was I felt amazing during that and I can I I drawn a lot and I know that stuff but uh, as soon as I stood up my neck just went and I I couldn't draw for two days. Yeah, yeah, I get I get that too. Uh, for in a common one, I think is what I go through is like if you lean over your table, you're the your neck muscles are overcompensating for just holding up the weight of your head from leaning forward and then those muscles uh they start to pull on your spine and your in your rib cage and it starts pulling your bones apart <laughs> like yep that, that's what happened to me <laughs> yeah it sucks it really hurts it's uh it's it's dangerous yeah i not to get into just like exercise and that whole kind of life or whatever but um no judgments if you don't because I'm not doing it currently right now but do you work in like an exercise routine into your work or is it just pretty much go 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 I, sh- I should and I always mean to and it's yeah it's it's sometimes the the deadline or the schedule becomes like priority and you kind of feel like you have no other choice so you just can't help it you know and next thing you know you're you're hurt and you're like now I actually have to rest you know you quickly learn your limits when you go headfirst over them. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'd ask this question through Jason, through the Savage Land podcast, about your lettering. Uh, Notice that you did it. Uh, I couldn't put a, uh, a finger on it, but you answered it great that you were you started with hand lettering and you moved to, to doing it uh, digital. Uh, How is that process working now for you? Yeah, we still do digital. Um, it was like a pretty. It was definitely a time thing because uh, I always hand letter just because, uh, I, like, I always find like if you're if you're working traditionally and then you whatever you put on top of your art that's digital, it just looks like it's sticking that it's on top of your art. It looks like you have, you know, if you do sound effects digital or whatever, it looks like you have like stickers on top of the thing that you drew. You know. I've never heard of anyone refer to it as stickers, but it's an amazing description of it. Yeah, it feels like it's another layer because it's not it's not coming from like the same hand or whatever. So I used to really like to to hand letter, but there was a there's a and this is years ago now, but there was a project that came up that I was gonna hand letter and then just because scheduling or whatever, I was like, look, I was like, I don't have time to hand letter. Can can you have it lettered or whatever? And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. And that was like I think the first time I ever handed it off to have someone else letter it and I think I saved like four hours per page and after that I was just like oh it I didn't realize it was taking me that long you know for letters so then at that point I was like all right I'll find a font that feels similar to my handwriting or whatever and you know it's uh I I can't go back it'd be fun Uh, it looks good but for me it's not worth the time yeah and it's uh when you're doing the amount that you're doing and having to do all the different jobs in the book uh, that becomes you know you got to make that sacrifice to do it but I got to tell you you nailed it because I thought 
that I was going crazy because I'm like, man, I could have sworn that this was hand lettered and it wasn't, but it took me a while to figure it out. And you, you finally confirming it was what I'm like, oh, now I get it. So the font you picked was great. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty common font. Um, it's called uh, Evil Genius, I think, but uh, it kind of felt, kind of felt comfortable. I was like, that kind of looks like it, and that's good enough. So. Uh, so you've got you've done Headlopper and then Apocalyptic Girl. Uh, are you still working on Headlopper, or what's coming out for you in the future? Uh, we're gonna do. Uh, it wasn't the initial plan, but we're just kind of going ongoing on Headlopper as long as people keep reading it. I'm gonna keep making it. I mean, I've always had like bits and pieces of like, and I've been trying to pepper it throughout like very much larger story type stuff. Um, so I'm gonna keep chipping away at that as long as uh, people want to read it you know I, I so we're going to do I know uh, this this will I think the volume 2 trade is out in April of 2018 and then I'll get uh, by then I'll already be drawing volume 3 and then uh, we'll see from there I mean I I have ideas where I want to take it so as long as people keep reading it I'll keep making it that's awesome man uh when you're doing the formatting for the book, are you using in? I'm just going to go right into the tools and stuff like that. Uh, InDesign, or how are you assembling the book digitally? Uh, these days, I just do, I just use uh, just Photoshop. We letter in Photoshop. Um, I do my just kind of like formatting in Photoshop, and then from there, I upload it to I send it to Image, and they they make it a book from there. But yeah, I know Photoshop isn't really the the go-to for book design stuff but uh we no longer <laughs> it was as simple as the computer that we had that had like the adobe suite on it. i no longer have and i only <laughs> i only had the like license to photoshop so i just didn't have those programs anymore and so that's that's what we go with yeah i think it's good to know because like i would have assumed that you would have done it in indesign and it's cool to see how every team works differently and does these little tweaks back and forth a little differently so the fact that you're not doing it and images helping i spend a significant amount of time in that back end stuff that doesn't matter it's not the well it matters of course but it's not the story itself so it feels like a waste of your time it can be kind of depressing that you invest so much time so it's cool to hear uh that you're not having to do that stuff is there anything else that you kind of see that like you've either been able to chip away or you kind of have to bulldoze through that this kind of like time sucks um, I mean, it's like really in the nuts and bolts. I re- we recently, um, for like the last issue, uh, started just formatting the size of the scans earlier so that basically like uh, Jordi Belair colors volume two, Mike Spicer colored uh, volume one. And so their kind of schedules are just different, like... Mike would color bits and pieces throughout as I drew, and uh, Jordy just colors the whole book kind of last minute. <laughs> and uh, and so for us, we found ourselves in this this position. I would always wait with, with working with Mike. I'd, I'd usually have the colors early enough that I could then letter do lettering on top of colors, and then I could basically do size formatting to at that point. So. Yeah, yeah. So now we find ourselves lettering on top of just the the scans. So we now just we, you know, we were able just with a little bit of math of the ratio or whatever. Now we right when we send everything off to Jordy, it's formatted to a size a ratio that just clicks into the kind of print format size that is uh, that we use for lettering. And so it's already we're just like 
doing some of the steps earlier and earlier so that we're getting ready for the print production side aspect of it uh, like as soon as we scan it, basically. When we used to do it piece by piece and now right from the get-go. So that way we can kind of do our stuff simultaneously as Jordy's coloring. So then when Jordy sends us the colors, we just drop them right underneath the letters and they all line up and everything now. And then by then it's just... At that point, it's already ready to go to image. So it just takes... We just, like, moved when we do steps right at the beginning. So, I mean, those are things that you slowly but surely kind of, like, tweak just to save time or you just run into problems a little bit. But that's... Uh, if you pay attention to those things, it, it, they can really add up to saving a good amount of time, I think. Yeah, that's the, that's the kind of stuff I'm always looking for is that angle that's just like, oh, I'm only shaving off 15 minutes on this page. But when you're doing 20 to 40 to 60 pages, that's a lot of time. That's more work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Any, anywhere you can shave off a little time is nice because, I mean, as is, uh, we, I mean, I have zero free time whatsoever. It's like wake up, draw, you know, uh, you know, eat here and there and then just go to sleep and then do it over and over again. So it's like, though anywhere we can shave off some time is hopefully time that we can I can use to get some like rest so that I don't hurt. So I don't want to get, you know, like it's just so you don't get hurt and they can't can't make comics anymore. Yeah, man, these are the things that I think about all the time. Uh, when you script, and uh, how much are you scripting for yourself? Because you are the writer and the artist, so you're that team. Uh, I script everything, which I think is not quite uh, typical for, uh, you know, writer-artists. A lot of people will just, like, kind of write an outline per page, like, on, on this page, these are the things that need to happen before we get to the next one. But I write out, I write out panel for panel, like, often camera angles and, like, background stuff, like, uh, just, like, everything, you know? And, and I... I don't, like, force myself to stick to it religiously, but I usually still like the idea I had when I was scripting. Because it usually is related to, you know, the visual storytelling that I described on the page before or the page that I know is coming up next. So I find it really helpful to write it all out. And I just, I, I always, you know, obviously I still have the creative liberties to change or add, you know, later on. But, yeah, it's all there, like... Sound effects, dialogue, you know, camera angle shit, it's all on. Even, like, pa- like uh, panel sizes, like, almost like, if it's an important moment, or, like, this is a large panel, you know, all that shit. I write it all down. Uh, do you find that that helps a lot when you're doing the pencils, that you, you think just one thing less, and you're able to focus on the layouts more doing that? Yeah, and also, I just think... I, at that point, have made a map for the storytelling overall. So, like, it's really easy, even by the time I get to the drawing stage, to kind of forget the reasons why I came up with certain things, you know? And then if I flip, if I read it in depth, flip back or flip forward, I'm like, oh, because sometimes I'll, when I get to it, I'm like, oh, I want to change this thing. Or, or I'll change little bits of dialogue or whatever. And often, sometimes, I'm like, I'm like oh, it'd be cool if... He said this instead, and then when I say that and I flip to the next page, it's like, oh, I didn't have him use that kind of phrase or that word because he's going to say it in a second, and now it sounds really redundant. And I'm like, and those are the moments where I'm like, no, like, yeah, I should, I should kind of make sure I'm paying attention to the map I made because 
there are reasons I did these things a month a month or two months ago when I wrote it down, you know. You need to respect writer Andrew's process, yeah, man. Yeah, don't fuck with him. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Yeah, well, hopefully. We'll see. Uh, do you find that you're doing that much revision as you go now or not? Uh, of uh, what revision? Uh, anything uh, where you go back and you're like, oh, well, I inked that. I'm going to change the pencils in the inking stage. Um, because you have that option. Not a lot, but here and there. Sometimes sometimes I'll combine two panels or something where I'm just like, oh, if I combine these two, I can just I can just have a bigger, more exciting panel and just have two speech bubbles in it instead of instead of one or whatever. Or sometimes I'll I'll be like, you know, I don't think I ever showed so and so pick up that axe. You know, like I can there's enough room I can sink in this tiny little thing where Zonia bends over, picks up the axe rather than just X appears in her hand, you know what I mean? So I try to add in little things like that that are either clarity or sometimes atmosphere, but honestly, I, tr- I stick pretty close to it. If anything, I might just, like, sometimes leave out a little bit of detail because you can write whatever you want, and, like, these are the things to consider when you get there, and it's better to have it than to not think of it later on. So, But I, I do find I do find that if I stick to it, it's it's I usually like it more overall. That's great. Uh, so you do so many different jobs in your book. You're doing pretty much all the jobs. Do you, um, do you, wait, do you have an editor at Image? No, I don't have... Uh, no, Image Central doesn't have any editors. Like, So if you want an editor, it's uh, you have to pay them. It's your, You're hiring a freelance editor. Um, but that said, I mean, more and more, my wife Erin is becoming my editor. Uh, she's been doing a lot of the lettering, and so... Um, she's at least she's certainly my grammar punctuation editor uh, for sure, which is great because it's uh, it's cut down on the uh, <laughs> the post uh, image proofreading edits like it's it's cut down dramatically. And um, but like story editor, no, I'm kind of rolling. I've been kind of rolling the dice on it and just hoping that I'm not I don't have any gaping holes. Uh, but also I, I, the at least thus far the. The kind of plots in Headlopper, you know, I kind of the actual structure is, has been pretty has been pretty simple. You know, there's it's they're usually kind of A and B. They're kind of A B kind of just it's like here to there, and it's what happens in between that I think is supposed to be what's interesting. You know, it's all, it's all about the execution. <sighs> yeah, we'll see. I'm sooner or later. I'm gonna like totally shoot myself in the foot and just. Break one of the rules I made. Just forget. That happens to the best of us. Uh, since you're able to, um, since you do so many jobs on the book, uh, what's like the best advice that you've gotten? Because I'm sure you're getting, you can get advice for inks, you can get advice for lettering, etc. All these different things. What's the best and or worst, either one, advice that you've gotten? Because I'm sure you can get a lot of feedback on different things. The best advice that I've received or, or that I give. Either advice uh, or and and or bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's a, a a piece of bad advice uh, that a lot of people get is uh, so many people are obsessed with um, with uh, anatomy and like being like oh anatomy is so important work on your anatomy work on your anatomy you only need to work on your anatomy if you want to work on your anatomy like like that's that's totally up to you like it's like. We're making cartoons. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, it, 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 does it look cool? Like, that's all that matters. Is it interesting? That's all that matters. If 
I, 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 can't, I shouldn't speak for them, but I, I'm guessing the type of stuff that Marvel and DC usually publish, that they would prefer, like, uh, accurate anatomy or whatever, but in the grand scheme of things, only, only if that's what you're looking for. It's not, it doesn't make or break, it doesn't make or break you. So, a, a lot of my friends who do amazing work, they're like, I just make this up. I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, I walk around, I look at other artists, it's some... You know, some version of, of reality and, and fantasy smushed together in just plain abstract shapes and shit like that. So, yeah, fuck anatomy. Who cares? Uh, but a piece of advice I often give to uh, people who are just getting started making comics. A lot of people, they have, they have this, like, this dream or whatever. It's like, they're like, oh, I got this 10-volume this series. The uh, Epic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're like, uh, like, how do I get started? I'm like, uh, page one. Like, and also, like, maybe just do, like, an eight-pager. That sense of completion and being able to stick it in front of people and know that it's a, a story that can be read is goes a long way just for yourself and also a long way just to show others, be publishers or readers or whatever, that, like, you can just make something. Like, you can kind of show your worth, uh... In, in eight pages like just I think it's I think it's good to not bite off more than you, more than you can chew I mean you get you get practice doing more doing less and you get uh, you get uh, that again that sense of completion you're like oh yeah I, I can and I did make a comic you know and I think that's I think that's a good way to go just do less <laughs> that that is a uh been one of my uh, mantras for myself as I work is how do I do less to, to so I can do more exactly yeah yeah and uh, and obviously because it's like it's a whole different ball game it's like for example like I my my graphic novel Apocalyptic Girl I think is about a hundred pages or so before that I had only written a couple a couple eight pagers or maybe no, actually, that, that's not entirely true. At that point, I had done, I done a little bit of headlopper, so I did like a, yeah. At that point, I had done like a twenty-two page headlopper and like the forty-five page headlopper self-published stuff, and so it was only twice as long as the biggest thing I had written. But at the same time, it was a whole new ball game, being like I'm to write a whole graphic novel. So it's like it does kind of feel like even each skill, you should kind of work up to it, like don't just jump in and be like this is 300 pages like there's a good chance you'll be overwhelmed by it and or your kind of skill set isn't refined enough to do it the way you probably could do it if you just did a little bit of practice but who knows there's no there's no rules start on page one and and go straight through to a 1400 if you want like you know I don't know that's I just everyone's everyone's like path and story is like totally different so there's like really no tried and true way to make comics or quote unquote break into it you know yeah I've I've found that um, working on my own work uh, I have improved a lot even in 20 pages so much that I kind of need to start correcting stuff at the beginning to kind of do some consistency stuff but but that's uh, I, I only do it when it's absolutely necessary yeah that's the thing that a lot of people do it's like like we're so hard on ourselves it's really hard to look at the beginning and be okay with it I always hate the beginning of the books that I've worked on like big time I mean but I, I've just over time realized I'm always going to feel that way and so I just like 
at this point I'm like it is what it is you know what I mean like the beginning of the beginning of Headlopper Volume 1 I think I drew in like 2012 and the end of it I drew in like 2015 and I got another 10,000 hours of practice in by doing it you know so like it the end is much better looking than than the beginning so I don't know it, yeah a lot of people in that scenario they want to go back and redraw a few pages but me personally I'm like I'm just going to move on and try to make the whatever comes next better than what's already gone by you know bury that work with more work yeah I mean hey and who am I to say it's and that stuff is usually I'm usually the only one who really like even notices or gives a shit you know what I mean they other people don't they don't notice or don't care that style or whatever is like shifting throughout or in what I consider improving uh, most people just they're just reading a story I've noticed a lot that the inconsistencies that I'm seeing greatly like uh, between even just pages gets wiped away significantly with color yeah I think so too sometimes sometimes just having the the color to kind of separate the shapes that you've drawn makes you realize oh that's not such a bad drawing like and that's the thing too is like even that feeling that you have you're probably alone because it's just you know your drawings are are a photograph of what's in your head as translated by your flesh. You know what I mean? So, like, it's... You're too close to it. You're too close to, like, be nice to yourself, to like your own work, you know, and, like, let yourself off the hook. So I try to... I mean, that is a piece of advice. Just to, don't be so hard on yourself. Just make something. Thank you so much to uh, Andrew McLean for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, Kent, thank you for conducting that interview. That was a great job. Great job. This guy's got potential, people. This, this yeah, kid Andrew's shows got promise. some potential. Oh, no, I was talking about you as an interviewer. I know. <laughs> I know. Andrew's great. <laughs> no, Andrew doesn't I'm, show uh, any promise. Yeah, you're, you're the one who shows promise. I'm kidding. <laughs> Reed Headlopper, it's amazing. Or Apocalyptic Girl, if you want to go back and be like the OG Andrew McLean fan. Although there's like there's some comics before that that if you really want to like pull out your hipster card you you could you could really flex on somebody with it but uh, ooh my uh, my hipster card only goes back to ap- apocalyptic girl I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right so I'm not, I don't girl. I read right. it and I don't say things out loud ever it's <laughs> the right. only way I talk is through this podcast <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure um, uh, apocalyptic girl was his first uh, writing slash drawing effort and so you know that's that's basically it's the first like you know Andrew McLean like you know full bore it's all him type of thing, but, uh, you know, I don't know. If if you really wanted to be a cool person, you could go back to, like, Colonial Souls or something, you know, if you really uh, if you really felt like being cool, or, like, see his contri- contribution to the Bad Karma anthology, you know, like, if you were wanting to be a cool person uh, or whatever, you know, maybe the Tomorrows, you really want to check that out, you know, whatever. <laughs> all right, so we've got some ads? <laughs> yeah, we got some ads. Um, okay. <laughs> Our first ad is uh, is the uh, the pa- the magazine through which you can uh, see some of my words uh, uh, periodically in um, that magazine is panel by panel. Uh, it is a uh, monthly magazine on the craft of comics. It is glorious. It is amazing. It is legitimately my favorite magazine um, in the world. Uh, it's I, it's just chocked full of the best shit that you could ever find anywhere about comics and 
how people make them and creators talking to other creators and you know people really taking a deep dive into uh you know the the art of making comics um if you want to check out their january issue uh it's got uh, a deep dive interview with uh, sam humphreys uh jen bartell and uh triona farrell talking about their new comic uh, blackbird um and it's it's so that's that's kind of the the main focus of this issue there's a uh, four or five different segments on blackbird specifically um it's really cool they go super super deep into their process how they create atmosphere um all sorts of stuff like that uh and then there's the uh, the regular segments you've got uh, comic showcase uh on uh let's see it is uh thank you for your service uh by adam Deschul and denise camp uh there's also uh, the big talk segments uh with uh ben blacker from hex wives um and uh, you've got a craft corner with CB Web. You've got all sorts of stuff. It's a great magazine. Make sure you check it out. Uh, in the February uh, issue of Panel by Panel, you'll see an interview uh, that we did on this show, actually, for the premiere episode of Season 2 of Comic Book Workshop. Um, so make sure you go to panelxpanel.com uh, and check out the magazine. Kent, what you got for us? I think you got a comic, right? Yes. Uh, if you... Have followed my work at all before, you'll be aware that I do a comic called Scariest in Screamforth. You can go to scariestinscreamforth.com to read it. It's about three kid monsters in a monster town trying to solve a mystery. It's spooky, it's cute, it's fun. Uh, I think most people will like to read it, and it's mostly young adult, probably even a little bit younger. But yeah, go check it out. Hell yeah, son! Um, and actually, for my ad, I'm going to do a little uh, zag here for, uh, for the third ad on the show, but uh, if you want to go and check out uh, on uh, Instagram.com slash a white kid. Uh, there's a new little comic over there. Uh, it's a it's a four pager. That's right. It's a four pager called uh, Boat Hard, starring Eyepatch McForce. Uh, if you want to <laughs> check it out on Instagram, you can also see it on my Twitter, twittercom slash That might be cool if you want to see the full pages. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a four page uh, little little bit of a romp. Um, so go. Congrats, Jason did a comic. Jason That's did what a this comic. whole fucking podcast is about. <laughs> This is, I, yeah. I guess this is my, my first work that's uh, out in the world. It's definitely not the first thing I wrote. There, I've written, God, a lot more comics uh, before this. But this is the first full comic that I have uh, drawn uh, that has been completed. I wrote it, drew it, colored it, lettered it. Uh, it's all, all this boy. So Finally uh, broke the surface and into this reality. Yeah. I, can, I, can, I think I can officially call myself a cartoonist now. Um, so yeah. that's, that's fun. That's a fun time. Uh, but yeah, go to. You could call yourself whatever you want, but I guess now that you've actually produced a work that you cartoon, so <laughs> yeah, maybe I need to buy a URL to to guide people to boat hard, but probably not. If you just go to Instagram.com slash a white kid or um, uh, Twitter.com slash that might be cool, you'll find boat hard there. At some point, I'll find a way to link that on uh, the TMBC website as well as Scariest and all of our other stuff. Um, but uh, Kent, we we had a contest for season one, uh, and we we certainly we, did told all of our listeners uh that uh they could send in their ad submissions uh and we would give them 30 seconds of ad space on uh, this very episode Some free ad space hell yeah so that way it's help support we want to spread <laughs> the love absolutely uh and so thank you everybody who submitted uh we had some great stuff in there it. um there was uh you know some people like submitted and it was a kickstarter that ended like you know way before this episode was scheduled to come out and so we apologize for that um but uh the uh yeah the, it, it was it was tough choosing i think the the whoever got this spot uh but anyway without further ado we'll allow the creator who won to tell you about their comic 
Hi, podcast listeners. I'm Milo Newman, and I'm writing and illustrating Demetra of the Silver Mask, an epic fantasy webcomic set on the backdrop of treacherous mountains, blood-soaked battlefields, and freezing tundras, where men and giants must struggle to survive, and ancient cities crumble and sleep beneath the slowly rising snow. The comic tells the story of Demetra, the brave and enigmatic crown princess of Zarkavia, and that of her sister, Elena the Fair. When war and treachery tear the princesses apart from each other, Demetra must fight tooth and nail, risking death and dragon fire to return to her sister's side. But as her political enemies circle the throne like a flock of vultures, and the kingdom's brittle alliances begin to thin and fray, Demetra finds herself caught in a race against time, and Elena decides to take the fate of her sister and the future of Zarkavia into her own hands. How will the war end? Who will claim the Zarkavian throne? And what is the face that hides behind the Silver Mask? Demetra of the Silver Mask updates with three new pages every other Monday, and you can read them at www.demetracomics.com. That's www.d-i-m-i-t-r-a-comics-with-an-s.com. Uh, Kent, let's do a little. Let's do a little creative catch up. It's been a little while since we've done one of these. Uh, what's what's? It has been a while. What's been going on in your in your hemisphere? What you've been working on lately, dude? Dog. Uh, yeah. So, I actually, do want to get into this. Uh, so, I had a comic. We haven't talked about this on air, I don't think, because it was kind of in development. But I was working on a comic that I wanted to work on my own. Uh, I forget what code. Uh, I. I don't think I told you the code name for it, but it was Sub Zero. It was that one with all the Arctic oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. So I'm calling it Sub Zero for it's that's not the title, but it's the working title. It's the yeah, uh, it's the production I, title. It's the production. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking. I'm Wor- making working it sexy, titles Jason. also I'm always making it sexy. What's up? Working what? working title is also an official term in the industry. So you're good. You were already there. I like production better. Uh, the production title was Sub Zero. Uh, and uh i had to shelve that it was uh there was some breaking news that changed my story um <laughs> and it made me change it changed that i don't want to talk about it <laughs> i feel yep i feel you uh jason knows what i'm talking about and i really don't want to get into it but there was uh some i i had this whole story thing planned out and i had a couple of main characters and it was going to be a parody of um real people yeah looks uh, Sometimes, sometimes a public figure uh, turns out to not be as great as we thought they were, and so then it becomes tough to parody them because now there's all this other context applied. Yes, uh, the context greatly changed of the person that I was parodying, and I wasn't—I was making fun of them, but not—I was—I was turning a person that you thought was a good person in real life into a secretly funny villain in on in the story. So Turns out that person was actually a villain in real life, but not as funny. <laughs> well, accused and uh, accused. We don't know if it's real or not, but it, either way, it it totally changed the story. Yep, it ru- it ruined my story because <laughs> even the accusation, not to like, and it's not about me. It's about all this shit. Yeah. But, but no, anyways, having, yeah, my- it's there's different context around it now, and so so the story becomes less less enjoyable or funny because now there's all this context around that person that you're parodying, and that's that's uh, 
It just yeah, yeah it makes my it main villain basically story. got a little darker than I'd intended. It was supposed to be a funny haha thing, and now it's like funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like oh god. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, um, I put a lot of work into that. I was working on it for several months. Uh, a lot of character designs, and so I'm going to be flushing that uh, into the old toilet for now, and uh, the storage toilet. Uh, I'll probably pull it out because I do have a, a way to fix it, but um, it kind of took the love out of it. Yeah, unfortunately, that's fair. It and- sucked. It sucked a lot, but uh, uh, oh well. Uh, it was just a little. I was taking a little break from Scariest just to kind of as a refresher, uh, and I put a lot of time and effort into it because I wanted to uh, send it to print. Mm-hmm. This is like a one shot, and I put a lot of work into it. And uh, yeah, gonna have to. Have to wait on that one, maybe indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, though, but uh, I don't want to announce the other project yet. But I want that's the creative catch-up though. I've been working hard on comics. How do we talk about this? Since you're in, actually involved in the second project, let's segue to Jason. Jason, let's talk about creative catch-up. What have you been doing? <laughs> yeah, it's it's directly related. Uh, so essentially, and we we won't talk too much about any specifics. But uh, Kent and I uh, have been working on a project together uh, that we're kind of. I'd say we're kind of doing this in the style of uh, of Simon and Kirby, and sort of like sort of in the style of Eastman and Laird, but I think more specifically our our work, uh, you know, like sort of the the allotment of the work is is closer to Simon and Kirby than Eastman and Laird. Um, but we, uh, yeah, we're we're collaborating on a thing where we're both kind of like we're both sort of writing and we're both sort of drawing, but like one of us does a little more writing than drawing, the other one does a little more drawing than writing. I wonder if you can guess who does which. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not in the intro of the show or anything uh, <laughs> but uh uh yeah and so we we've been working on this thing it was uh it was a script that um our our patrons uh know a bit more about it but uh it was it was a script that i had kind of like written as a way of doing something fun um because i was getting really bogged down with a really serious project i was working on uh, and so I wanted to do something super fun that I just like, you know, that made me smile to make. Uh, and I wrote the, the outline in like 20 minutes and then wrote the script in, in a couple hours. Uh, and I sent it to Kent and a couple of our other friends and I was like, Hey guys, this, this thing's making me laugh. Let me know what you think. Um, and Kent ended up giving me a few notes on it as well as our other friends. Uh, and we kept just kind of like talking about it or whatever. And I was sort of thinking like at some point I'll illustrate this myself or like I'll find another artist or something. But it was just a thing I wrote and I enjoyed. Um, and it like stayed in my head and I was really loving it. And eventually it got to the point where uh, I had talked to Kent about it so much that it, at some point, I don't know who suggested it first or, or how it came up, but at some point uh, we kind of started talking about what if Kent were to draw it and what if what if I was to sort of like, we were to like do layouts and, and then, you know, Kent does the finishes together. and yeah, like layouts together. Yeah, and so and so we got to the point where now we have uh, laid out most of this. The first issue is twenty four pages. Um, is it twenty four? Is it twenty two? I think it's twenty four. Twenty four. Uh, <clears throat> and so the first issue is twenty twenty four pages. We've laid out most of those pages uh, in roughs. And yeah, we we did. We spent about twenty four hours. Uh, I went down to Ken's house and we just sort of like beat out the whole thing together. Um, it's really cool because as we're going through it, uh, the like, you know, because we, we were kind of, like, looking at the script and going back and forth. And, like, as we're going through it, there ended up being, like, a bunch of things where it's, like, up until you're actually trying to draw the thing, it doesn't occur to you, like, oh, that thing might not work quite as well. And, like, that thing needs to be a little different. Um, and so then, like, on the spot, we're just like, oh, yeah, let's let's 
change that. Let's move this here. Let's take this panel and put it on this page. Let's take this moment and turn it into two panels. Like, you know, just like little stuff like that. Um, and it was a blast. Yeah, I got to so. say, working shoulder to shoulder is actually really fun because there's there's very little barriers. Yeah, man. The, like the even though I'm sure we could we've worked over phone before on the same project. It's yeah being next to each other and being like, oh, hey, check out the sketch. And you're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Let me do this and all that. It's, yeah. it's been really fun. Uh, it's been a really interesting segue because it did start out as the script that you wrote just to let some laughs out. Yep. And uh, and I, I I always enjoyed it. And in the back of my head somewhere, I was always like, oh, man, I'd love to draw this. <laughs> <laughs> and that voice eventually drifted more to the front. And I don't remember who kind of brought it up. And yeah. it, it just suddenly now i'm the co-creator on it yeah uh, it's and, it's true and, and i mean like that's the thing too is that it, i don't at this point like i don't think that it could be illustrated by anyone else you know what i mean like i'm it's so it's so specific especially the more we keep like developing it and especially like character designs and like the more we're like figuring out ridiculous. the pacing and the visual gags and like all this stuff like it's so specific to you and i like you know it, like it's just it's it's so specific to us and our sort of creative tastes uh that it, yeah it's like there's yeah. it would it would be there's no way it wouldn't have been co-created by us two at this point you know what i mean like no one else i don't think would have specifically done this thing it's very <laughs> blurry between the two of us like yeah. i'm like i don't it's it's uh don't know where one of us begins the other one ends although it's clearly weighted on two the two ends of like me more art you more scripts yeah exactly but, i'd say we're both like both of us are kind of on like a 70 30 or maybe even 80 20 thing but like there is definite crossover yeah. i think probably 70 30 uh yeah you know it's like i'm 70 percent writing and 30 percent art and kent's you know 70 percent art 30 percent writing and that's probably how it should be because kent is definitely the better artist here <laughs> and so i'm like very glad that he's doing the the finishing inks because uh that's and and you know really like doing the 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 bulk of the legwork on the pages by far uh, i appreciate it but you're a damn good artist yourself uh, I and i definitely think that you should be writing it because i take forever and i don't ever it's it's hard for me to to get to the finish line when it comes to uh writing out a script which is kind of why i've ditched scripts uh for working on my own projects yeah because uh, it's not something that works well for me when i'm doing solo where i'm writing and drawing the entire thing by myself but when I'm working with a writer, I go the opposite direction where I'm like, you give me a script and I will only accept a script. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's all about the process, man. And, uh, yeah. So that, that's been well, super fun. We've definitely, and we put a lot of work into this, lots of character designs, lots yes. of script revisions, all yep. sorts of things, layouts together. Uh, definitely something we could spend a whole episode or two or five or 10 million. Oh, and we will. That's the thing. Once, when this once thing has specifics. Yeah. yeah. And when this thing comes out, especially like when we announce it and when we actually, when we put it out and all that stuff, like you guys are going to be inundated with behind the scenes, uh, uh, stuff that Kent and I are sort of talking about. Um, uh, it'll be fun. And it's one that I think if, you know, if, if everything goes right, I think we could end up doing this comic for a while. Um, you know, low expectations, Jason. Let's just get to the first issue done. <laughs> Absolutely, no, that's what I mean. If if all went well, if all if if suddenly you know if we found a great publisher that wanted more of it or or whatever, uh, I think. Oh fuck yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. Uh, but our goal right yeah. now is just hey, let's let's present a great twenty four page story. Exactly, like and it's very it's very it's fairly self contained. It's it's a great. Jason did a really good job of making it contained. 
into a 24 page story, but also like there are hooks for a longer story and that are already kind of being laid out naturally just by honing and finishing and getting it to print, not to print, but just like getting the story finished to the first issue. There's naturally yeah. stories that's being developed already for what's going to happen next. It'll be fun. It'll be, it'll be very fun. Yeah. Um, should we the other thing, a code name? I'm all about code names. Oh man, what is the code name? Um, we'll call it code name Ponytail. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, code name Ponytail. Uh, there's there's another uh, thing that I've been writing. This is for actually uh, another friend of mine. Um, one of my friends has a has a great web comic um, that she's been doing for a long time. But she was asked to uh, to contribute to an anthology uh, that's going on. I don't know if I can get too specific on it, but basically there's yeah, an I anthology. Get too specific, but yeah. There's an anthology that that she was asked to to contribute to, and and she said yes. Uh, but then she started thinking about because she also works uh, a day job in animation, and and this web comic that she does like it's got a large following, so she has you know obligations to that. Um, and then she she basically like we were at a like hanging out one day, and and she was like, hey, so I committed to this thing, and I have a lot on my plate, and I know I can draw it because drawing is all I do, and and I'm you know she can she can draw pretty quickly but she was like dude i and it's it's an it, these are all adaptations of existing stories for this anthology and that's it's a whole thing i won't get too specific on what's being adapted or anything but um uh they're all adaptations and she's just like look i there's a lot of tweaks that need to be done in this adaptation you know to make this story work for this format and all that stuff and i just don't think i have any time to do that and writing is not the thing that i consider myself like you know, to be doing first, right? Like she, her goal is always art. Um, and so she basically asked me if like, I would be willing to, uh, to write it for her. Uh, and I was like, you're offering me the chance to, uh, write for a professional artist and have it get like guaranteed published in an anthology that's already coming out. Yes. Uh, I accept. I your ex- terms. <laughs> yeah. I, I accept your very, very, uh, 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 you know, tough offer. Um, and I did her one better about it. Yes, exactly. I did her one better. And I was like, I mean, I'll color it too, if you want. Uh, and she was like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, hell no. Like, yeah, I'm down to do it. Uh, and so she did it. And it. All right. Yeah. And she was also like, she was like, oh, well, I'll flat it for you if you want. And I'm like, I mean, I can do that. But if if you're offering me, if you're offering to flat it for me, I'm yeah, easily. For those of you that don't know, and we, we plan on doing a more in-depth discussion of like, deep into the process of stuff flatting is the most pain in the ass process of color Ugh. yeah flatting is you're just doing all the selections of the characters in the background and the individual things that you're going to color but you need to it's pretty much it's not impossible to color without it but it's like you could skip the flatting stage you're just not gonna have as good colors not even by half Oof. probably you could it's maybe, a whole thing. You we'll, could we'll maybe it, skip it's... the flatting stage if you work in adjustment layers then maybe you can skip the flatting stage but even still mm. This is a whole other. This is a whole other. Episode. Yeah, oh, I just you <laughs> saying that you saying that gave me like a panic attack almost thinking about how <laughs> like if I got all the way through a page and then had to adjust something if I didn't flat. Uh, yeah. Again, if like you that. work exclusively in adjustment layers, then maybe you could get away with that because if you need to change the color of something, you could just change the color of that layer that that specific color is from. But think about how big that file size would be. I don't want to know, man. I don't want to do that. You got to flat it. I'm, I think, though, that maybe I could pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, don't want to think about that. I, at least for right now, flatting is an integral part of my process that I fucking hate. Uh, yeah, I, I think everyone hates it. That's why you 
That's why professionals hire a part father. of it. That's why professionals will be like, oh, you're getting paid this X amount to color. Thank you. I'm going to immediately take a portion of that and pay a flatter because fuck that. Yep. Yeah, I, I've flatted for people before. I've they're like people do not like to flat. They it's it's just it's a menial part of the job that has no creative energy in it. Uh, it's you know, I mean it's it's great no. if you're a, if you're a colorist who's looking to start out. It is a great way to learn how to color. Uh, a because you can flat stuff and then like maybe you know color and render it yourself if you wanted to on the side like create a duplicate for your own personal for your own uh, personal thing yeah and then see how it compares to like whoever the colorist is that did it and like things that you like that they did and like kind of pick up tips there it's a great way to learn um, you're also getting high res files in the industry that you can actually practice on are, you can see what the standards are just from those files you can be like totally. oh their files are a lot bigger than what I was imagining <laughs> yeah. Or no, it's here are the proportions they use. Anyways, there's a million things you could learn from from flatting. Yeah, flatting flatting is a super educational thing. Professionally flatting. Yeah. Um yeah, exactly. This is flatting, definitely going yeah. off into a different episode. It really is. <laughs> anyway, uh all that to say, um so I I finally it took this adaptation was tough. I uh, I uh, it was I was adapting a source material that was very very um rough and gruesome and and uh centered I around see why some, she outsourced it <laughs> yeah it's centered around some hate some heinous stuff and uh it was basically taking all that and turning it into a kid-friendly story uh that could fit within like seven to twelve pages um and so it was it was a tough needle to thread and i spent like two or three weeks just like trying to figure out how to like how to actually do it and then i uh and i said i sent kent the outline i don't know if you had a chance to look at it but um it nope. was like... In I was actually sc- working on our comics. So <laughs> there you go. I was working on comics myself. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was within the span of like... I, I went from like weeks just like beating my head against the wall trying to figure it out. And then like in the span of like two hours, it just all came out. And so I, I wrote like a sort of page break outline. And now all I have to do is is go from the page breakdowns to the to breaking down panels. And then the script is done for that. Uh, and then I can just wait until uh, I get the line art back and I can start coloring. Um, Did she have any specifics uh, requests for uh, how she wanted the script? Um, no, no. I, I actually talked to her about that. I was like, okay, like how how um, how specific are you looking? Like I I just told her I was like I typically write my scripts in like full panel by panel breakdown. Uh, if you want me to go less than that, like if you you know if you like to sort of do all that you know work yourself, then then I can go less. And she's she was like, wait, no, are you kidding me? Like you do because she you know she's always done her own thing, right? Like she's never. She's only worked in animation and then done her own comic. And so she's never had like a script for a comic to work from. And so it was like for her, she was like, oh, that's like a thing. Like you can actually do the work for me of figuring out how many panels there are and like what's happening in each one. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally. And so she was like, she was like down for it a hundred percent. She was like, yeah, please. Like if you want to do all that, the, the panel math for me first and let me know how many panels are in the page, then feel free. And I was like, okay, cool. Like just know, like, you know, do whatever you want, like in terms of whatever whatever you do on the page, I'll figure out in the lettering, uh, so you don't have to like stress over you know trying to make shit work if if it's not quite working with that number of panels or whatever. Um, and so yeah, it was it was really fun. It's one of those things like you know I, I'm betting this will be like the only time that we collaborate just because she pretty much does her own thing always. But it's yeah. fun like you know getting to collaborate with a new artist who who kind of does their own thing and, and whatever i mean it was the same with like collaborating with you like you know someone yeah. who's who's done their own stuff who who kind of like you know in the past has written for themselves or you know like in your case also worked with other writers um it's always interesting like getting sort of a new 
collaboration in the mix. Uh, and this is also, this is like more of a fantasy, like a sword and sorcery type story, which I've never written before. Uh, so that's been really Ooh. fun. And I've also never adapted anything before. Uh, so it's all around like, well, I guess there's a screenplay I'm working on that's adapted, but, um, but yeah, all around it's, it's been a really like educational thing. So you're, you're definitely doing the colors as of right now. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I will almost certainly be doing the colors unless like I, you know, die. And who's lettering? <laughs> uh, lettering, I'll probably be lettering. I'm not sure. We we haven't discussed that actually. I'm betting that I'll be lettering, but I don't know. Maybe she'll. Maybe I'll get that line art back, and it'll already have letters on it or something. Well, that's uh, that's awesome, man. Congrats. That's a big. Yeah. I mean, this is what this whole podcast's about: is making comics, trying to make comics, moving the needle on that shit. So it's nice that near. Well, this is the last episode of the season, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Well, the of the main season we'll do a recap for the next episode is kind of our 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 uh having drinks and uh i don't know toasting yeah, just sit, sitting back near a fireplace with two mimosas just uh discussing <laughs> the highs and lows well this season, season one Ooh, what a beast this what was. a beaut <laughs> uh but yeah that'll be next episode we'll be kind of just kind of talking a bit more but it's nice to see that at the end of a, a season of the show we've actually mm-hmm. made progress towards uh comics yeah almost. man and there's actually, I guess, the last thing, and I won't get because we've spent a lot of time on my catch up. But um, it's kind of this is kind of the time where like a lot of work over the course of the last like two years is f- kind of coming around. Uh, and so you know, like, I'm gonna bleep that. <laughs> you you ah, you mean ponytail? Ponytail, ponytail. Uh, is the result of, um, you know, like a script that, that I wrote a while ago and, and same with, uh, uh, like, you know, with this anthology comic, it's just like a thing of like, you know, a friend that I had had for a long time, you know, and like us talking about comics a lot and things like that. And us sort of like knowing what each other wanted to do like that, you know, coming around and into this collaboration. And then also, uh, the third comic that I'm working on right now, um, at least in the forefront, you know, there's always other stuff that I'm sort of like slowly working on. Um, but the third one, which I'll call, let's see, what's the code name on this one? Um, code name, cosmic. Code cosmic. name, cosmic. Sure, we'll call, we'll do that. Um, cosmic fantasy. No, I mean, come on, true. man, getting too close. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, I'll say, let's say, code name, code name, opera. Uh, uh, on opera, uh, this, this is a a script that I wrote a long time ago, like two years ago, um, and eventually, uh, got working with an artist on it, but that artist, you know, has a day job and has, you know, a busy life of, of his own. Um, you know, and so this was a project that kind of like slowly was sort of like percolating. And then we like, you know, once or twice we sort of like didn't quite fall out of touch, but just sort of like weren't really talking and weren't sure if it was happening and, uh but now it's back in full swing and we've got there's there's it's getting close uh we're we're putting together uh it's a 22 page or no it's a 32 page script i think um 32 page script we're putting together a uh 10 of those pages are going into a pitch packet and uh they all have to be sequential for you know for the pitch packet to be effective um and so we've got eight out of those 10 sequential pages are fully done uh, or fully inked and i'm starting to color them right now um and so that that's also getting you know really close to it so it'll be it'll be interesting to see the order that this stuff comes out and i'm starting to see like when we talk to creators they always have like this weird like what's come out what came first when did i do that like and i'm starting to see what that how that happens you know what i mean uh 
because like boat hard is the first you know that's the first comic that i've had come out and that is like the second to newest thing that i started working on you know uh yeah and so it's this very weird thing and i mean ponytail may come out before uh uh opera but maybe not i don't know who knows it it, yeah you never know with uh, with development it especially when you're bringing other people into the mix uh, yeah. it's not just yourself shit changes and totally. things get resurrected and things die suddenly yeah. uh, so you never really know how it's actually going to break down and uh with the sub-zero one that i did i'm i definitely try i, I want to go back to it I, I want to but and the first time that i announced it was on this episode yeah man <laughs> and i'm announcing it's death <laughs> it's it's uh it's birth and death. Uh, well, it's not the first time I announced it. It's the first time I publicly announced it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's and I didn't want to tell anybody about it because I was like, well, it's I mean it's, it's in development, so why bother discussing it when so much can change? And yeah, this is why. Oh, it, because of course, it fucking man. died. I've, yeah, I've had I've had two. I think at this point, two different projects that I've talked about on air on a podcast or another, uh, or maybe three projects at this point, like. That, that have never really gone anywhere or like one of them is definitely yeah. going to take a few years to finish, you know? Um, and so it's just like, it just it's, happens. It's what happens. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. Um, it'll be very interesting when that, uh, when that, that Ponytail, one, though, I mean, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say that, that there's one that I've talked about on the show or on a show before I know that's going to end up just being a, an OGN. That's probably going to be 200 or so pages. And it's that that I if if that is done in the next five years I'll be shocked but it'll be interesting when that uh, when that's finally done um, how long from we really do need to come up code names because I'm pretty sure I know which one you're talking about but I'm not 100 percent call it code name honey okay <laughs> then I know which one you're talking about yeah <laughs> okay um, anyway I like code name I love code names <laughs> <laughs> now it now sure now it's now it's fucking crazy. <laughs> Listeners are like, shut the fuck up! It's like we just dropped four we don't code care. names on them. Yeah, let's just keep uh, the rest of this episode is going to be nothing but code names. <laughs> and we'd like to thank Code Name uh, Blah Blah. And, uh, <laughs> code Name, why do you love comics? Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, what were we talking about? I have some of the stories. I just wanted Catch to say up. something else. I don't remember. Uh, but oh, that's why we. Uh, but. <laughs> <laughs> Man, ponytail, so many blapes. Uh, ponytail. Um, you know, we're talking about it now, and I think this is kind of the first. You've alluded to it, but this is the first time we've really kind of talked about it, even a little more substantially. And it, it does feel like it's finally crossed that threshold into in development. To it's coming. Yeah. So it's it's exciting to kind of start talking about these projects that are like, oh, this is less in development and more like. It's coming soon. The release dates could be starting to get finalized kind of thing. Or at least we can talk about it Yeah, a little bit more. So it's it's nice to be kind of hitting those strides. Uh, I feel like this podcast it, in and of itself has helped us uh, move forward in our own. Uh, we've learned a lot just in this season, uh, this first season, and we've been more inspired to work uh, because of it. So it's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking stoked about it, man. Um, all right, now that we uh, spent... Uh, 30 minutes on the the creative catch-up uh <laughs> what is the uh recommended resource uh for this week Kent? Oh, or is it this me <laughs> is this me or you uh you wrote it down oh, oh no. i did that's uh, right it, no you didn't it's oh christ um i did it's okay i've got it uh it oh yeah is, no you have it right here yeah yeah okay. come on man you're looking at the wrong spot on the table uh, i am 
the recommended resource for this week is the first book that I ever uh, owned on making comics. I think I originally got this book at like a book fair in maybe elementary school, maybe junior high, maybe high school. I don't know. I don't know when it was. It was, I think, at a book fair sometime in school, but I'm not positive. Um, regardless, it is incredible. It's called Action Cartooning. Uh, it is uh, by Ben Caldwell, written and illustrated by Ben Caldwell. Um, and it is uh, 96 pages of How to Havoc. Um, this book... I'm much it right now. It's awesome so far. Keep going, though. It's really, really good, man. And Ben Caldwell is one of my favorite cartoonists. Uh, he illustrated Prez for DC Comics uh, a couple years ago, and that's one of my favorite comics in recent memory. Um, he's done a bunch of other stuff, but that's, that's one of my big highlights for him. Uh, but he, it's it's kind of a book that's like aimed at um you know it's kind of aimed at at a younger audience like it's in sort of that same way that um um how to draw comics the marvel way is uh and he he's definitely got like the way that he narrates a lot of this stuff you can tell there's there's a bit of scott mcleod in him um it's not like a comic you know the the book itself is not a comic at all uh but it's it's really good and it's so um simplified you know the the process the way to like build figures the way to to exaggerate emotions like he really does a great job of you know simplifying all of that and making it very uh clean right like and that's kind of i think with a lot of people that's that's you know a big part of the purpose of cartooning right is you you exaggerate and you clean up and you you know you you sort of take it's kind of the broad strokes the important stuff and you put it in and anything that's unimportant you leave out um you know, and that's sort of the basis, I think, of his philosophy and of most cartoonists' philosophy. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 a great, great book. It's super helpful. I at one point I lost this book, uh, and it's much like uh, how to draw comics the Marvel way. When I realized that I had lost it and I couldn't find it, I bought another one, uh, and that's I think rare for me. If I lose something, then I'm like, well, I already kind of got the use out of it or whatever. But uh, this book is one that I I keep next to my desk all the time i take it in my backpack with me uh along with my surface so like anytime i draw if i'm running into trouble or if there's something i just feel like i need to sort of brush up on i'll pull it out just from a a quick glance at it what i'm really loving is how much art there is there's a lot yeah there's a lot of good comparison stuff where he's showing you uh the same drawing but this is what the muscle looks like compared to the skin in a in both the same stylized fashion mm-hmm. uh, so you're kind of understanding because i think that's something that a lot of um early or like kind of newer illustrators uh have trouble is they kind of they see cartooning and they want to do cartooning and they don't know the basics and yeah they don't know what, what what's under it and what it, you're, they're sort of building on top of Exactly. So they're doing, uh, they're trying to jump straight into cartooning, which is, I'm not saying don't do that, but I can always, I can, I can almost always tell someone that knows the fundamentals and has taken anatomy classes, mm-hmm. uh, and is cart, like, stylizing anatomy versus mm-hmm. someone that's like, I guess that's a foot. I guess that's some feet and some faces and some hands. Uh, yeah. We'll see, kind of thing. And it's just like, it, you can tell because they're drawing from their head. Mm-hmm. but not with the with the foundational stuff and he's very good at teaching you not teaching you but just like showing you why this stylized figure is the way it is but it still makes sense under the skin because you're seeing joints yep. you're seeing muscles and uh, you're seeing bone 
and you're getting all that onto the under thing. So even if you skip the fundamentals, he's still showing you a lot on how to do that. And that's just I'm, I just opened the book while we're talking, so <laughs> yeah, it's really good. It's 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 great, and I think Ben Caldwell is is one of these cartoonists that is truly a master. Like you know, wow. I yeah, if you check out his his um, Instagram, I think it's like Ben Caldwell Art or something like that. His stuff is gorgeous, and he can work in so many different styles. Like he's clearly just yeah. I was gonna say. His sketchbook at the end here, at the last couple of pages, I'm like, oh yeah. my god, did you do some Hellboy or something? Because yeah. this is a, I'm like, whoa, I recognize that from something where it's just like that's that's not anything like this whole book has been in one very very particular style. Yep. And at the end, he's like, this is all the other things I could do. I'm like, whoa, okay, you got some variety in there, buddy. Whoa, yeah. it's nuts, man. Skills, it's, it's really nuts. And again, like his his Instagram, I highly recommend following him just because he. A, his output is really awesome. Like, he does, you know, a, an awesome sketch every day, um, or most days, at least. Uh, and it's always beautiful, and I always learn something about, like, perspective and, and anatomy and stuff whenever I see his sketches. Um, and he's, his, I mean, his shapes, like, his lines are just so clean, and, like, the, the curvature and the smoothness of them is amazing. Um, and he's also, like, this book, you wouldn't know it because it's, it's all very simplified, but, like, he's also incredibly good at shading. Uh, and oh like, wow! Yeah, I'm not picking that up from this because there's not a shading in it. It's just shapes. Yeah, it's all it's all line art in this book. But yeah, but on his on his Instagram, you'll see a bunch of um a bunch of shading and stuff like that. Uh, you know, with with a lot of the characters that he does. Um, it's yeah, it's wow. just at Ben Caldwell Art, and it's it's really really cool. I mean, you can see that he's got a lot of influences from like you know Japanese cartoonists and also people like Darwin Cook, and you know he he's one of those styles where you just go, oh yeah, like there's there's a lot of different influences in this guy's uh, work. Um, so anyway, Action Cartooning by Ben Caldwell. Uh, heavily, heavily, heavily recommend as a resource. Uh, sometimes, you know, because he doesn't talk down to you, but it is aimed at a younger audience. And I think that sometimes you almost need that, even as an adult, where it's like, oh, yeah, this is put in, like, very simple terms how to do this kind of stuff. Love it. That's a great resource. I Hell should yeah, definitely go check out that book because... Uh Holy crap. Lots to learn there. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorites. Um, I think it's uh, time to thank our guest, uh, Andrew McLean. Thank you so much for taking the time to being on the show and doing an interview while running a table at a convention. That's a busy guy and <laughs> super talented uh, artist, writer, all the things. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Andrew. We love him. Thank you so much, Andrew. Uh, and uh, thank, uh, Sean, thanks to Sean Rosner as well. Uh, he's, he composes the uh, music that uh, opens and exits and transitions everything in our show. Uh, you can find uh, his album, Burn Away, Defy the Night, at... Oh, man, am I going to remember the URL? I don't think I am. Uh, just URL? go to his Instagram at rosner.art.music. There's a link to mm. his album. Uh, there we go. It's, it's a great album. I listen to it all the time. Uh, Amazing. We've got some... Uh, some new iTunes reviews. Jason, Jason, uh, oh. I think we had a new one, did we not? Oh, yeah, we do have a new one. Uh, this is a uh, five-star review. Thank you very much. Uh, the title Ooh. is Inspirational Podcast, uh, and uh, this comes to us from Open Eyes Comics Co. Uh, the review says, This is great stuff. I love the interviews, but uh, but I think the recommended resources have helped me the most in my professional work. I appreciate Boom. hearing... Uh, personal work, but yes. <laughs> Boom! Boom. Uh, I appreciate hearing the insights you guys have on the process of creating a comic book, and I'm looking forward to more episodes. Thank you so Woo! very much, Open Eyes Comics. Thank you. Show. 
That is uh, that is a lovely review, and I'm glad to know that these uh, the recommended resources, like the one we just talked about, uh, are uh, are helping people because uh, they've definitely helped both of us quite a lot. Absolutely. Uh, if you've got a review that you want to give us, uh, head on over to iTunes. That's the best place. If you do it other places, just let us know because mm-hmm. iTunes is the best way that we get alerted. Uh, and it doesn't have to be five stars. Whatever rating you feel is appropriate, we'll read it. And whatever your review is, it's a great way to plug something. If you're working on something, mm-hmm. we'll read anything you write as long as it's not hateful. So yeah, Hell yeah. give us a review. It's a great way to support the show. Uh, another great way to support the show is uh, through uh, word of mouth. Whether you're talking about it on social media or talking to your friends, uh, if you have anyone that you think uh, would would benefit from this show or would enjoy this show, please make sure you let them know. Or just uh, you know, send out a tweet, send out an Instagram, send out a, a Facebook. Uh, you know, just let people let people know what you're. Uh, <laughs> what you're listening to and uh you send know. out a website send, send out, out a website a send postcard. out a dot com send out one of those dot com cyber mails um send out uh, an an airplane uh, sky advertisement send out smoke signals um <laughs> to let everyone know send uh, out telepathy <laughs> and another way that you can support the show if uh, if you feel uh even more generous than to uh give a shout to your friends uh is on patreon patreon.com slash tmbc workshop uh, if you uh, if you support the show, we've got a lot of great tiers. We have a patron exclusive podcast. Uh, you've seen some previews for that podcast on this very show. It's called the Break Room. Kent and I just get together and talk about the shit that's been on our mind. Um, and that's it's a little a, looser, a little more fun, but it's 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 more exclusive. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, it's more exclusive podcasts that are absolutely uh, happening over the Patreon. It's a bit more loose and wild and sexy and wet. Uh, and uh, oh my God. we also have like some uh, patron exclusive wallpapers. There's a couple up already, but we have uh, more coming that are real fun, loud, bombastic, comic booky stuff. Um, but uh, if you support us on uh, one of those one of those tiers, it includes uh, a shout out on the show. So I think it's time about to do time. some shout outs for our patrons. It's about time to let them know who uh, who's supporting us. Kent, uh, who's who's on that list? Name the first name on the list. Melody Mew, thank you so much. Our longest running patron, and she'll probably she'll she'll outlive us all if we're all being honest. <laughs> um, the, Who's the uh, next one, Jason? The second patron is Pat Scott. Thank you, Pat Scott. The next one is Sharks with Jobs Comics Group. What's the next one, Jason? Meow. That's the sound a shark makes. Uh, and our next patron, our final patron for the shoutouts, <laughs> is Jordan Southoff. Thank you so much to Jordan, Pat, Sharks with Jobs, and Melody for your support on Patreon. If you want to join that exclusive club, head on over to patreon.com slash Workshop, and you can get in on the action. Kent, where will the people find you on social media? You can find me on social media at Kent Heidelman. They're all the social media platforms. Oh. They're all great, but Instagram's the best one, let's be honest. Uh, Jason, where My can branding's a little you? more confused. You can find me on Instagram at a white kid or Twitter at that might be cool. Really clean, clean social media. Look, man, Jason. a white kid wasn't available on Twitter. I'm sorry. I wanted it. I really wanted it. They haven't used their I don't account. Know why you're so focused on this? <laughs> they haven't used their account in years, and it pisses me off because it's my favorite username. It's so fun. It's great. It just describes it's, me so well. I guess. Sure. Do you think I, once I turn whatever. 30, I'm no longer able to call myself a kid? I think it's just the white angle that's just a little like. What is, right. is it like racially right. aggressive? Because I don't want it to be. I know you. I know you, and I know what your politics are, and that you're not. <laughs> it is not a thing. But for people that don't know you, does it feel? <laughs> does it? Does it feel racially charged? 
I mean, you're bringing up race. So it's like, <laughs> I guess that's fair. You're 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 starting the conversation. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder about that every once in a while. I always think about it where I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm just like a you know, it's I'm just I'm just a fucking look at me. I'm a I'm a you know, good for nothing white kid. Uh, but but I, I I guess it's it's always up to interpretation. So who knows? It's a you're leaving it to interpretation. But mm. I don't think uh, I know who you are. Next so week I'll have a, have a new username. It. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. Uh, but if you changed it, I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'll change it. I have actually already been thinking about uh, changing it. Um, <coughs> whatever. Uh, tune in next week for Jason's new uh, <laughs> Instagram handle. Um, it's whatever. I don't care, man. You do your thing. Yep. You've said it on all these episodes, and I haven't brought it up because uh, I have that not much of a problem with it. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, let's uh, let's. We are end. definitely giving you a solid plug for your Instagram this week. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> let's end this racially charged episode with uh, why Andrew wow. McLean <laughs> loves comics. I don't know. I just kind of. I just d- always did as long as I can remember. Why do I love comics? I mean, and sometimes people say like comics are like. One of the great things about comics is there's, like, no budget. You know, you can do anything you want, but... That's bullshit. <laughs> well, meaning that, like, there's no, there's no like, special effects. There's no ex- You can have as many explosions as you want. You don't have to pay for them, you know, compared to, like, movies or whatever. But, and while that's true, like, beyond that, I like that they're... Where they don't... They're, they're like... It's a medium that exists on its own. Like, you can't really compare it to movies that way, like... It's not in a tangible space. It's not... It isn't three dimensions. So it can, like... The possibilities are really endless. And what we label as comics can be anything. Like, you don't need panels. You don't need word balloons. You don't need dialogue. You don't need... I mean, like, when you, if you really want to, like, find the definition of, like, what makes a comic a comic, it's, like, pretty... It's a pretty slippery slope. You know what I mean? And so it just feels feels endless and also you don't need a whole team of people you can have you can have very like specific singular visions if you want or you can have big teams of people it's like anything is possible because you just need like paper a pencil or a digital version of such you know and that's like uh, nothing nothing other than comics can can boast that you know in the in the visual medium yeah yeah of course yeah uh, from visual storytelling yeah it's 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 absolutely incredible uh thanks so much where can the good people find you at uh most people find me at my uh at my instagram and it's just my name no no punctuation or anything it's just andrew mclean uh mclean is spelled m-a-c-l-e-a-n and that's where i am Thank you so much for taking the time, Andrew. I hope you have a great rest of your convention. Yeah, thanks for chatting with me. I appreciate it. Oh, one, uh, one bonus question. Where'd you, uh, where'd you make that sweet hat? That's from Headlopper, too? Uh, no, not really. It's uh, I forget the company we used to print them. It actually, might have been Night Owl Print Shop or whatever, but yeah, it's just part of our Laser Wolf attack stuff. Yeah, it kind of looks like the Ferryman or whatever, but he's just kind of like a Grim Reaper dude. Uh, yeah, but we, we sell them at... Uh, laserwolfattack.com we have t-shirts pins patches and all that all that kind of shit there that's awesome yeah i gotta um, i gotta have a whole another podcast about how to support doing other things to support the comics but also synergy with it yeah i think it's uh 
I don't know. I don't know this. That it's necessary, but it's certainly a nice supplemental kind of income. And also, like, we just love making shit. So it's a place that we can kind of make things that uh, that aren't comics. We can kind of. It's kind of. You know, we consider kind of like our apparel brand, but we feel like we can kind of make anything we want there. Yeah. That might be cool.com. You never know.